of girls as a gospel issue. Um, I know most of y'all know the story of how I ended up in Tanzania, but I figured that some people may not know how I started working there and how now One Hope is also involved. Um, So I thought maybe I should give a little history, just a little bit of a background guide. Can you go to the next slide? Okay, so I began going to Tanzania back in 2008 when I was invited by the former dean of um, the College of Family and Consumer Sciences to join on this like inaugural UGA program that was going to be this big program that would go year after year and do all these really cool things in the community, and it went once, and it was wonderful. I fell in love with these girls, um, and it, went, it never went again like as an official UGA program. <laughs> um, the financial crisis happened in 2009. UGA cut kind of in pretty much any extra activity that was especially international things um, that were really expensive and pretty expensive to get there. So um, the program itself initially got cut, but I was able to continue going just through getting small grants, departmental funding, um, and just different things like that really year after year. And I'm just so grateful that the Lord gave me that opportunity. I had had wanted to go to Africa, like, as long as I can remember my entire, entire life. And it was just like, all of a sudden, I was in this really poor neighborhood with these girls that were, were somehow trusting me um, and willing to open up with me year after year. And it was, it was just very evident that the Lord brought, like, brought me there, not because of me, but really just, he just is so gracious and good, really fulfilling the desires um, of my heart in many ways. Um, can you go to the next? Thanks. So Tanzania is here, and um, right here, you can't, it's kind of blurry, but the area that I'm in is um, Ukurewe. It's an island in Lake Victoria. It's like a three-hour boat ride from the second largest city um, called Mwanza. So it's very remote, very far away from I mean, most, a lot of people on the island, they don't just go off the island very often. Um, so a lot of them are very isolated, and it causes, I think it causes a lot of the problems that they have, just the fact that they're isolated, there's not justice on the island, um, they're able to easily be exploited. Can you go to the next one, Greg? So just to give you a little bit of, like, just kind of overview of kind of the stats, um, in 2014, they were number six in the world for people living with HIV-AIDS. This is Tanzania as a whole. Um, I think Ukraine might even be worse just because of its isolation. Um, number four in the world for people that died with AIDS. Um, 40, 46.8% of the population's water came from unimproved sources, and 84.4% of the population was, was using unimproved sanitation. So just still really dire circumstances there. Um, and in 2011, 67% were considered living below the poverty line. This is the CIA World Fact Book. As well, the World Bank reported that in 2014, the gross national income for Tanzanians was only 90, uh, yeah, 920 U.S. dollars, which is very low compared to the other developing sub-Saharan African countries where the gross national income was 1,000 
638, which is all obviously still very low. Here's a picture of the girls um, dancing. I was able to continue to go back to Tanzania to work with, with girls um, for several summers in a row. And then um, a, lot, and a lot of the same women, too, which was really, really a neat blessing. Um, and then finally in 2012, Greg and I both went for, I was there for about six months, and Greg for like four and a half, five months of that time, which I'm so grateful, um, to go back to do my dissertation research on gender discrimination. I specifically chose that topic because I would, for for one thing, I was confident that I that it existed. I had heard stories before, um, but I just wanted to somehow hope that if I by bringing some of these stories to light, I could somehow bring a change to some of their situations. And because I, honestly, I felt strongly that the the situation that they face is just so bad. Um, because of injustice that they regularly face, and that as a Christian, I'm, convinc- I'm convicted to pursue justice on their behalf and on behalf of the oppressed. So the Bible has a lot to say about justice, a lot, a lot, a lot. I only highlighted a few things. Um, but, for example, in Proverbs 31, just before the description of the godly woman, are the two these ter- two verses. Open your mouth for the mute. Open Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. And then the book of Isaiah is full of verses about justice, seeking justice, the importance of justice to God. Um, For example, verse 117 says, Learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. And then Isaiah 58, 6 says, is not this the fast that I chose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? And then in the New Testament, we hear Jesus scold the Pharisees for not pursuing justice, for really being very legalistic in the, the little things and lacking the, the greater things like pursuing justice. And then finally, in Hebrews chapter 11, we see this chapter where the heroes of the faith are described um, those that, through faith, they conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, and obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, and were made strong out of weakness. So just a lot of really cool pieces of scripture. So if justice is important to God, should it not be important to God's people? The word itself, of justice, you can do a word search, it's actually mentioned 138 times in the Bible, so quite a lot. Um, so, you know, even that itself s- speaks really loudly to our calling as, as believers, as people that want to be like Christ and fo- follow him to be pursuing that kind of heart. Here we go. Thanks. So my research found that, number one, none of these were surprising, um, Historically, women and girls had not been valued in um, Ukrewe or in, in their culture. Um, even though some of that is still is changing, a lot of that is still going on um, very strong. Number two, girls are taken advantage of by men through transactional sex. Transactional being like sex is like money. And so they'll exchange it for small things like breakfast or school fees or... Um, Soap, lotion, sometimes cell phones, but I mean, still, that's, you know. Um, teachers often exploit their girl students 
for things like, I mean, like sex for grades or whatever. Um, number four, there's no justice specifically um, for the powerless, so especially girls. Anybody that's poor, anybody that's oppressed, if you don't have money, there's definitely not justice for you. Um, and then number five, this idea of deterioration of culture. So they talked a lot, a lot about, <laughs> it's kind of funny, they actually used the word globalization. They'd be talking in Swahili and they'd say globalization um, because of this globalization that their, their culture um, is deteriorating. So there's that. So thankfully, it's supposed to be blank. Uh, <laughs> we have a God who cares deeply about these issues. Um, and since he's called us to be his servants in the world, I think that we should be faithful to do that. So after finding all these things, I really didn't know what, you know, what am I supposed to do? I don't have like, I don't know, a million dollars or, you know, anything. I don't have a lot of things that can change this, this situation. And I, I didn't want all the work that I'd done, you know, just to end up on a shelf and just be things that I published and didn't really affect their lives or my life or, you know, anybody else's life. Um, and the book of James says, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him, that's God, it is sin. And it's the sin of complacency and the sin of being passive and leaving problems up to others to solve. So just because I didn't know what to do in the moment didn't mean that I shouldn't do Something. So I kept praying about it. Um, and then, it, you know, I realized that, I mean, I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. I have more power than many others in the Ukraine community because of my privilege as an American, because I have a lot more money than they do. I don't think I'm a very wealthy person, but comparatively speaking, I actually am. Um, and then it really just seemed like the Lord just kept bringing me back over and over. Like, you know, why would he give me all these opportunities in this community community? for me to not try to, to do something for them. So I, um, I thought through the solutions that a lot of the women and girls themselves had proposed. And the one thing that kept coming to mind was a school for girls. And if the girls had a private boarding school, they wouldn't have to walk to school anymore and get harassed on the way to school. They wouldn't have to have teachers that exploit them and have literally no ethics at all. Um, we could pick the teachers. They could be Christian teachers. We could preach the gospel, and it could be a very holistic solution to their problems. So not only could they have you know an ed- education and pursue um, a better life for themselves, but they could have the Lord. And how awesome could that be? Um, so, Greg, can you go to the next slide? Ultimately, I do believe the gospel transforms communities. We've seen it ourselves. We've seen it in our own lives. Um, we know it's true. And, um, and practically speaking, this could start through a girls' school. Okay. So I don't want to give the impression that there aren't any believers there. There actually are some. And the ones that are there are pretty solid for the most part. Yeah, you can go to the next slide. Um, these are some of them. I don't want to say that all these are believers, but I think many of them are. Um, and this girl, her name is Hunter. She went with me a few times before um, I ended up doing my dissertation research there. And when she found out that I was interested in starting a girls' school, she said, I'm coming along too. I'm going to do this with you. So she's been helping. Um, so we went back in 2014. We kind of gathered around this little community or got this community together, 
this committee together um, out of the community as leaders, um, and they, they were all so excited, and many of them actually said, we've been praying for a girls' school. And it was so neat because the, the person that, not us, not me and Hunter, but the rest of the committee um, kind, kind of like nominated as chair of the committee was the pastor of the local African Inland Church where Greg and I had gone to church when we lived there. And he's a very godly man. He's um, very evangelical. He loves the Lord. Um, and he, he was just, he's very humble. He's not a proud man at all. Um, so it was just kind of really neat that he was going to be the person we would get to work closely with. And um, he immediately went and found land. And, like, immediately they were like, you can use this land for the school. It was just like, boom, 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 things are happening. Um, okay, Greg, you can go on to the next one. And I just love this. Um, so we were really working closely with the African Inland Church. And I love, this was, this was on the wall in their office. Um, their vision is people living a life that glorifies God and their basic needs are met. Their mission is to glorify God by worshiping him, making disciples of Jesus Christ, enabling community to overcome poverty and advocate for human rights in the light of God's word. Pretty awesome. Like, just posted there on their bulletin board in their office. And they do a lot of work around issues of um, orphans and also uh, empowering, like, widows. Really neat work. So we're working closely with them. We have very similar hearts. Greg, can you go to the next one? Um, So the girls' school is going to be Tumaini Jipia, which means New Hope, secondary girls' school. Um, Our vision is we desire to bring opportunity and redemption to the lives of girls in the Ukurewe district of Tanzania. Our mission is um, to see that every people has the opportunity to receive high-quality education free of abuse and injustice in a Christ-honoring atmosphere. Um, so we're, we're really excited about it. We have, I think, I emailed um, Rock International, who's kind of like holding all of our funds for us. I think we have a, around 25000 somewhere like that. Um, Hunter and I are going back in three weeks, for about a week, hopefully to open a bank account. That, that's really kind of the first step is to do that. The, the government actually does check to see if you have enough money to start a school. And then you can turn in the paperwork, and then they'll approve you, like, phase phase at a time, like one phase at a time. So we're ready to turn in the paperwork. We're signing a memorandum of understanding with the um, ASC Church because they'll be handling a lot of the, like, groundwork on on their side because we don't live there, obviously. Um, and, and I'm just really excited that they're, they're so, so committed to this and, like, working with us so closely and they volunteered all their time, all of their time. They're very trustworthy. They haven't asked us for, for money or anything like that. That's very rare. <laughs> From my experience, that's very rare in these kind of communities. Um, so they're, they're wonderful. So we're just praying about next steps. You know, after turning in the paperwork, hopefully, <laughs> please pray with us that um, they will approve the school and then we can start building. So that would be the first. Step. We probably need about 250000 That's our projected costs, which seems outrageous. But, but um, I've, I've actually checked around, and that's actually probably pretty accurate. Um, and we think we have about twenty five ish right now, so we can at least get started. Um, so things that – oh, I want to tie this back to why is this a gospel issue. 
Can you turn the... Thanks. Um, we've been called to seek justice on behalf of the oppressed, but we are not to do this in lieu of preaching the gospel. Obviously, they have to go together. Um, if, but if all we do is preach the gospel and we aren't, we aren't obedient to the other things that Christ has called us to do, then the world is going to question our legitimacy as believers. They're going to call us hypo, uh, hypocrites. Jesus, in his earthly ministry, cared for the whole person. He healed people, restored people's dignity, yet he also gave them the truth. And I believe that we should do both together. Um, this school will provide an inroad for the gospel to be given to all of the girls that, that attend to our school. As well, they'll be cared for, they'll be treated with dignity, they'll be protected, um, they will have the opportunity to become the people that the Lord really created them to be. So we're really excited about that. So what you can do is, obviously, as many prayers as you can pray, we'll take all of the prayers, um, but specifically pray for wisdom, especially for me and Hunter, as we'll be there just in a few weeks. Um, pray that we will be approved without being bribed. Please do pray for that, because like I said, justice or um, bribery is a problem. Um, and even now, begin praying for the right school leaders and the right teachers. Um, and then pray that we'll be able to develop Christ-honoring policies, specifically, specifically things like cost for attendance, just kind of like figuring those things out. Should we have sponsorship? Should we do, you know, where parents come and work for, or for like a couple of hours to help earn their child's participation at the school or, you know, what exactly? So we're still trying to figure out those kind of things. Um, and then obviously please pray for the hearts of all the girls that are eventually going to attend. If you want to fundraise, I'm obviously not very good at it. Um, if you have any ideas for fundraising, I will take them. Um, or if you want to do it yourself, you can totally do it. Um, but also if you know, honestly, this is really legitimately, if you know wealthy people who have hearts for sponsoring this kind of thing, this kind of work and want to ask them to give, they can give at the rock international website. Um, they just, it's rockinternational.org. You just click on rock kids and then project in Tanzania. Mm-hmm.